Welcome to Window of Opportunity, a Stargate rewatch podcast. I'm Carrie. I'm Rachel. And today we're talking about Stargate SG-1 Season 7, Episode 7, Enemy Mine. So when I first um, thought about the title of this, I was like, is it Enemy Mine, like my enemy, or is it actually talking about an enemy mine? So we'll have to talk about that later when you're talking about the title. Yeah, because that was the first thing that I thought of. Of like, ooh, is it enemy mine or enemy mine? Yes. Yeah. Yes, that is that, that that I have I have notes about that. So. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> that's all the way at the end. <laughs> but that's all the way at the end, and we have a lot to get through before we get there. So I'm gonna let's let's I'm gonna do it. We're gonna do the thing. Right. Here we go. Yeah. Okay. So this episode originally aired on July 25th, 2003. It was written and directed by Peter DeLuise. And on the commentary, we have Peter and technician Gary Jones, who plays Walter Norman Harriman Davis, that guy. And in this episode, when Earth's attempts to exploit a newly discovered Nakwita mine are thwarted by a tribe of indigenous Unis, SG-1 must turn to an old friend for help. I have to say, the other comment um, before we get going is, Mm -hmm. I knew it was an Unas episode, because those seem to be the only episodes where Daniel wears the bandana. (laughs) Um, So I'm now calling it the Unas bandana, because those are like the only episodes where he wears the bandana. And he is known as Bandaniel when he wears it. That is his name, Bandaniel. So now to me, it's the Unas bandana. So okay. that's how I know it's going to be most likely <laughs> an Unis episode. <laughs> okay. Good to yeah. know. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So we start off world with a couple SG teams. It appears to be at least SG-11 and SG-17 from what you can see like on, because their arm patches have their team name, team number on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've apparently been there for three months. There's a camp set up near mine and things aren't going great. And this is our first appearance of Major Lorne, who he comes back in Atlantis. He's great. Love him. Kevin Smith's adorable. He's fantastic. So he comes to report to the colonel that the greatest concentration that they found is 2.3 parts per million, which is not great. But then Lieutenant Menard comes over and tells Colonel Edwards that they've now hit a patch that has 50 times as much Naquita as any pl- other place that they've hit so far. And it's only getting higher the deeper they go. We then cut over to outside the camp where Lieutenant Ritter is doing like land survey stuff. And we also learn there is an Unas nearby watching. And the camera kind of like switches back and forth between just like the camera watching Ritter and like the point of view of the Unas watching Ritter and then the Unas charges. We don't know it's an Unas at the time. It's just a thing. But it's like the Unas camera, you know? They use the the Unas sound effect like and that like, too yeah. like his growling but they yes. don't yeah ever show that it's an unis okay so something is watching lieutenant ritter is that better so something is watching lieutenant ritter and if you're nerds like us that pay attention to every detail you probably guess it's an unis by the angle of the camera and or the sound effects they're using and the coloring of the camera of the film when it's the unis point of view yes okay yes. yeah okay mm-hmm. okay so something then like charges out of the woods, attacks Ritter, like knocks him down, drags him off as he's screaming, and we cut to the opening credits. Uh, so we come back in the credits, and we are now with SG-1 minus Sam, and I believe SG-12 
have arrived in order to assist in the search for Lieutenant Ritter because the teams there are not prepared for any kind of search and rescue mission. The other issue they're having is that the electromagnetic field on this particular planet is a little wonky and the compasses don't work and the radios have a much more limited range. Major Lauren's going to show them where Ritter was last seen, and as they head out of camp, Daniel spots some items covered by a tarp and pulls it back, revealing a bunch of artifacts. And I love this scene so much. Mm-hmm. I don't. This is like one of those scenes that just like lives in my head rent-free like all the time. And Daniel's like, you found all this and you didn't call me. He's like, we were going to. And then just the way Daniel goes, they've been moved. Like it's like <laughs> they've offended him personally. Yeah. By moving them. And Lauren's just like, they were in the way. And then Jack <laughs> steps in and is like, Daniel, go to your happy place. I just, I, this whole exchange is just, Peter Deloise, thank you. It's fantastic. I love it. Anyway. Yeah, and then Daniel's expression of trying to go to his happy place. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So Jack turns to Lauren and is like, let's go. And so Daniel's going to stay and study what he's found there while everybody else goes off. So in the area where Ritter was last seen, there's not much to go on. There's not really any footprints because the ground is very hard packed, but Tilk was able to notice that underbrush has been disturbed. And Daniel then radios in that he's got something Jack needs to see. So Jack heads back while the others stay there to keep looking and seeing anything fine. Any clues about what may have happened to Lieutenant Ritter? So back in the camp, there's a few truly fascinating things, including a still functional pain stick. Those are always so much fun. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, But the main thing is there is a yoke. And the interesting thing is that it's too big for a human, but it's too small for a four-legged animal. And given what they know about the Gould, it was most likely built for an Unis. Because the... What? Surprise! Because the the Unis are the like the perfect creature for this kind of environment and workload with the mining and doing all of that stuff. And Jack's just like, awesome, as if the state couldn't get any better. So he calls to Tilt, you know, be on the lookout for Unis, because, yeah, awesome. Fun times. There's this thing that just flashed in my head of, like, Bolo Unis. <laughs> I don't know why it struck me as funny. Bolo you? Bo, bo, what? Bolo, be on the lookout. Oh, God, okay. I was like, what? You never I, heard I thought, that in cop shows where they're like, no, we're going to put a bolo for, out on the perp. But for some reason, my brain went to the bolo tie. I was like, lasso with I, yeah. what? Well, that's <laughs> always why it's funny when they say it. Because that yeah, is. you always do also think of the bolo tie. But like, be on the lookout. We got a bolo okay. out on the perp on this one. But yeah, Yes. So. Okay, got it. Now yeah. I see where I come from. Okay, all right. Bolo you? <laughs> I'm done. Something. Okay. So Daniel and Jack are trying to get Edwards to pause the mining operation due to what Daniel has found, but Edwards is not having any of it. And actually, like Michael Rooker is like the perfect casting for this guy. He's so good. He's just the gruff, no nonsense. Like, I'm here to do a job and I'm going to do my job. Period. End of story. Yes. He's always cast as the residential meathead. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, they haven't seen any sign of Unis in the months that they've been there. Daniel tries to warn him, you know, the Unis can be very dangerous if they're provoked, but he's still not going to stop mining. But he will agree to bringing in more soldiers for security. Oh, th- thank you so much for allowing us to do that much. Yeah. Uh, Lauren and Tilk then, and like the rest of the SG guys that are with them, come across something that's basically straight out of a horror movie. 
where they find this like little site with a bunch of Jaffa skeletons strung up like scarecrows. Like that's oh, well, definitely don't, definitely get your point across. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Tilk spots some of those like bone necklaces laying around that they've seen the Unus wear as a way to prevent them from being infected with a symbiote. And then we get more Unus point of view shots as they continue to poke around. And then they find Lieutenant Ritter. He has unfortunately been killed and strung up like one of the Jaffa. That was really sad. It was, it was pretty yeah. horror movie-esque. Yeah. Yeah. So back at the camp, we see that Ritter has been placed into a body bag and is being taken away. And Edwards orders everyone to like arm up and head on out because they're going to hunt this Unis down. And Daniel, of course, objects to this. The Unis may have only been reacting to something they slash possibly Ritter specifically did. If the mine truly is as big as it looks from the aerial survey, they could have started encroaching on the Unis land. And this was a warning for them to stay away. And there's this interesting tension because Jack, like, he's worked with Daniel enough that Jack now actually really does see both sides of this argument that's happening. Like, he gets what Edwards is trying to do and why he wants to do it. But also, Daniel's usually right about things like this. And Edwards is like, too bad. I don't care. I have my orders. We're going to stay and do whatever we need to do to get the Naquita. It's always interesting about these things is because... It's always specifically because it's a different species, right? Like, like, of course, they usually bring in the Unas when they want to do, you know, cultural and or racial yeah. <laughs> conflicts in the sci-fi show. But I, it's, I, it's just always one of those funny things where, like, if it had been something different, they would have paid attention. But because it's like an Unas, they're like, oh, whatever, we're just going to do what we want. It's just an animal. It's like, no, yeah. it, no, it's not. It's you like, really no. don't know. You don't I have no idea. No. So everybody's like making their way through the woods. And, you know, Jack and Daniel are off talking. And Jack's like, you know, unfortunately, this is Edwards's command. And Jack doesn't really have much power to override him. And then the gunfire starts. So here's the big attack. We see the Unis. They've got clubs and, like, their claws. And they're also basically just tossing all of the SG guys around like ragdolls. One of the Unis, who is actually wearing kind of a bit of, like, Jaffa armor, manages to knock Jack down. Jack rolls over and goes to fire. But Daniel runs up with his gun drawn and yells, Kak heck ha. This makes that Unis pause because how is this human speaking the Unis language? He yells out to his fellow Unas, and they finally head off, taking, like, their dead and wounded Unas with them. Do we know what he actually says? Um, I mean, I could tell you what he says in the Unas language. I could not tell you what that means. No, you know. In, you I was know. trying to remember if Daniel actually says to anybody, like, what that translates to, but he doesn't, does he? No, that one he does not translate. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say he says, bring him a sandwich. <laughs> and uh, he says, Danat ka kokeka, benar, benar kacha, benar kacha. Yeah, that bring, bring him a sandwich. Sure. Or I will bring you a sandwich. I will bring you a sandwich. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the SG guys start checking over their men as Edwards comes like rushing in announcing that his men are ready to go give chase and finish off all of the wounded Unas. But the Unas then start that like moaning or like wailing thing that they do when they mourn their dead, which Daniel explains. But Edwards doesn't really understand 
or care and just wants to get rid of them. Just go finish them off so there's no more Unas. And Jack's like, okay, no, this is done. We're done. You really, like, Edwards doesn't know what he's up against. And considering he was only put in charge of a mining operation, this situation is now over his head. So Jack orders everybody to head back to the SGC so they can figure out what to do about this new situation that has developed. Back in the infirmary at the SGC, we see Jack has his arm in a sling and Daniel's there. And then Sam comes to check in and she wasn't with them because she's been working on a complete overhaul of the gate diagnostic system. It's just, you know, it's just a little science project. It's you mm-hmm. know, no big deal. Bit. And, you know, it's going fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yes. <laughs> so basically, also, Jack's not going to be going back off world if they do indeed return to that planet. And Daniel's not super happy about that because he spent so much time breaking Jack in. He doesn't want to have to start all over again with a new guy. Aww. <laughs> like, oh, they are friends. It's so great. Yeah. And Jack tries to tell Daniel to just, you know, just work with the guy. He's doing his best. And also try not to do whatever Daniel mm-hmm. stuff usually does. Up in the briefing room, we have General Vadrine there from the Pentagon with Hammond and Colonel Edwards. And we learn here that one of the reasons they're like going so hard to get all this Naquita is that in addition to just general ship production, the Prometheus is still stranded on Tegria, which is from that season six episode, Memento. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Edwards is ready to go back and just basically blast every Unas to hell. And Vidrine tells him that's not the plan. They will go back, resume mining with additional SGC personnel providing security. Daniel, who's been like lurking uninvited in the doorway, confirms that this will not end well. And he asks, you know, can they mine somewhere else? And nope, because nowhere else has the concentration of Naquita that was found on that site. Okay. Daniel has another idea. They can negotiate. Edwards, again, has no idea what's going on, doesn't believe that animals can be negotiated with, and again, the Unis are not just animals. And while Daniel does have a very basic understanding of their language and culture, he would like to bring in Chaka to help. Yay! Yay! So he gives them, like, Vadrine and Edwards the rundown of, like, who Chaka is and how they've encountered him, and Hammond confirms that, yeah, yes, this, this Unas is good. Unas is fine. So Daniel's given the go-ahead with this plan as long as the negotiations can be completed and the time needed to confirm the actual viability of the mine and the amount of Naquita that's there. But the use of deadly force is authorized if it comes down to it. I was sad that, like, throughout this whole thing, how okay Hammond was with well, the when you when you have of getting rid of him. I know. It's like, well, when when you have the, you know, the guy from the Pentagon there, there's kind of like, it's kind of what he says goes. Yeah, but I he mean, didn't even look like he was upset about it. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think Vidrine is ordering go out and kill them, but more sort of in the use of like self-defense, obviously, is okay. But yeah. 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 But even later when they declared that they're going to relocate them. Yeah. Like, didn't even seem bothered. Just like, yep, mm-hmm. this is the plan. We want it. We're taking it. Yep. It's just, mm-hmm. it's spirits all over again. Yep. We've had this episode before. It happened in season two. Anyway. <laughs> but nobody remembers. 
Uh, so we cut to Daniel coming back to the SGC with Chaka, who is played in this episode by Patrick Curry, not Deanne Johnstone. Uh, That's his- fun. I didn't... I- Sorry, I say that it's fun because I actually had wondered to myself that I don't think that's the same guy. It's not. No, unfortunately, Dion Johnstone, uh, just the scheduling conflict, couldn't mm-hmm. make it. So Patrick Curry was yeah. fifth, the, rep- the human replicator fifth, if you remember oh. him, that oh. adorable little guy. Um, oh. So he does look a little older, has sort of more like formal clothing on, this like long robe saying that according to Peter in the commentary when he was like talking with the costume department, he referenced that French movie, The Brotherhood of the Wolf, and those like long duster coats they wore as a sort of inspiration for the thing. I was like, okay, I see it. Why not? It's also, that's a great movie and y'all should watch it if you haven't. It's very good. Um, um, So yeah, so he looks older, like more formal clothing, and Edwards and Vadrine are in the gate room introduced to Chaka. Edwards and Vadrine kind of are just like, sure, you can kind of tell they're like, this is going to work, sure, uh-huh, yep, mm-hmm. this is totally fine. Uh, so Daniel fills them in on what Chaka has been able to accomplish since that uprising that he led, and Edward is like, I am sorry, did you say uprising? But Daniel's just like, no, it's fine, don't worry about it, we don't, we don't need to talk about that. Uh, well, I feel like what Daniel should have responded with was, yes, did you also hear me say slaves? Uh, yeah, that would have been a yeah. good response. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but anyway, there's now peace on P3X888 between the human, the humans, hum, humans, 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 between. I even heard that. That was very loud thunder. Okay, let's get to it. Okay. Oh, so, I heard that. And if y'all out there heard that, yeah, there's a storm coming. Uh, Okay, so there's now peace between the humans and the Unas, thanks to Chaka. And Daniel seems sure that Chaka can do the same for them here. He's like, he's very excited to meet other Unas, too. And he's, you know, explained the situation and is like, Chaka's all in and good to go. And then Chaka grunts out, Uman el Chaka, Chaka el Uman. And I don't know what they've done to the makeup, but his mouth does not move. And it's very, like it's like he can't move his mouth at all like the other yeah. Unas do. And it's like, what what happened to the makeup? It's, yeah, it's weird. Maybe that was just a weird choice he was making. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so everybody's back to the mining planet, just Daniel and Tilk and Chaka from, you know, the SG-1 people. And the camp is now in ruins. Parts of it are still on fire. And this gets Edward, Ed, this gets Edwards's attention because you know they have command of fire so they're not just animals haha told you uh there's also a bit of a standoff between edwards and chaka and they're just kind of like staring each other down chaka starts growling and daniel managed to like get chaka to back off but also warns edwards to stop like Mm -hmm. cut it out just okay just keep them away from each other and it'll be fine yep so Lauren gets ordered to start scanning the lower mineshaft and Hansen and Penhall, who were Peter DeLuise's and Johnny Depp's characters from 21 Jump Street, which is why the names are here. Yeah. We, yeah. Funny. Uh, they're, uh, those two are ordered to go with Daniel and Chaka and everybody else gets to like securing the perimeter. Before they head out, Daniel has a briefer with Tilk about Edwards seeming to be prepping for a war. Tilk's kind of like, well, kind of, you know. Because mm-hmm. that's yep. how he thinks. Yep. 
So the group reaches that Una's camp that Tilk and Lauren had found earlier, and Chaka warns Daniel that the other Una's may find all of their weapons alarming and think that they intend to attack. So for that reason, Daniel is going to go alone and unarmed with Chaka. Tilk doesn't like it, but that's that's what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. So Daniel and Chaka then reach the sort of like what seems to be like the main Una's camp living site. We see some more like Jaffa scarecrows and artifacts gathered there. And there's kind of something that looks maybe a bit like an altar around like a campfire. Daniel starts poking around while Chaka tries to start a fire. And Daniel's like, hey, wait, look, I got this. And Joe breaks out his lighter, gets the fire going. And Chaka's like, ooh, a lighter. Awesome. It's <laughs> a funny little thing. So like Chaka like sits down, starts his like chanting meditation thing. And Daniel asks how long they will need to wait. And Chaka's like, now later and basically uh it will take as long as it takes yep great and apparently it takes a while because it is now night daniel's very bored chaka's still just chilling doing his chanting thing and we get to that una's point of view shot and then chaka seems to sense that someone's there and he perks up and starts growling and sort of the leader of this una's clan who we come to learn is named iron shirt enters the circle daniel looks around seeing like the rest of the una's tribe has surrounded them iron shirt and chaka like square up against each other a bit with the other una's all growling and then suddenly chaka like takes a knee daniel immediately follows because he's good at this kind of thing the other una's quiet down chaka then offers a knife which iron shirt accepts and iron shirt offers a leather bracelet in return so that's how things work in Unas. At, to, at first, there's a trade. And this is how things start. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. so once that's settled, everybody introduces themselves. Chaka then starts the sort of negotiating, explaining, like, yes, the humans have weapons, but they did not come here to fight. Everybody would like to be friends. And Iron Shirt seems to be like, okay, so now the actual real negotiations can begin. So, mm-hmm. That apparently goes on for a while. Daniel and Chaka head back to the main camp. And the reason that the Unas attacked is that the mine where they found the giant Nakwada deposit is basically an ancient burial ground. Their ancestors were worked to death by the ghoul that ruled there. And now the mine is one of their sacred sites. And on Earth, sacred burial grounds are protected from industrial development. And Daniel thinks, as do I, that the same should hold true here. Unfortunately, Edward is not going to go for that because the deposit of Naquita in that mine is truly massive. It's 53,000 metric tons. They're not leaving without it. That's big. Yes. That's very big. So Daniel calls back to the SGC using the camera on the MALP, and he's making progress with the Unis there. And then Vidrine wants to know how many Unis there are, so they'll know what kind of relocation they need to plan. And Daniel's like, no. I'm sorry, what? No. That's not that's not something they will ever agree to. And Vidrine's like, yeah. yeah. And Vidrine's like, either get them to understand and agree to that, or they'll come in with tranquilizer darts and forcibly relocate them. Again, Daniel's like, they're not animals, they're intelligent beings, and no one seems to get it. And Daniel begs for more time, so he's given 24 hours. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, that bothered me that Hammond was just like, "Well, this is the plan." 
I mean, who knows what conversations they had off screen and how hard Hammond may have fought that we just didn't see because it happened back at the SGC while we were at Daniel and Chaka doing their thing. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? Yep. So back at the UNAS camp, Daniel and Chaka are trying to explain why the humans want the Naquita and basically they want it to make war with the Gould. And this conversation takes a bit of a time because it's kind of piecemeal with translating going back and forth. But like, that's the gist. They want the Naquita to make war against the Gould, who are also enemies of the UNAS. So they should all be in for it. Like, yes. On the same side. Want the same thing. There's patrols out in the forest. And of course, there's the whole, you know, ominous snapping of a twig that always happens in these things. Mm-hmm. That's how shows work. Uh, the negotiations are continuing, and Daniel and Chaka manage to find a way to explain what relocation is, and that that is what will happen to them if they don't come to some sort of agreement about the Naquita. And Iron Shirt is not having any of that. They will fight. Daniel's like, you will lose if you do. And he's like, no, because all of the Unas tribes will fight. Daniel's like, I'm sorry, all? Okay, what now? Yeah. All, how, all, how many? And Iron Shirt tells him a number that is apparently glorious, much larger than Daniel had thought. And because Daniel's like, that can't be right. And Daniel radios to Tilk in something of a panic, but he unfortunately just gets static. So Daniel tells Iron Shirt, just like, wait there. And he and Chaka go running off back to camp. Back in the woods, we see Daniel and Chaka running. And then we see an Unas in an underbrush near the uh, soldiers that were like making their way through the woods and it spots one of those bow necklaces that fell off during the earlier skirmish. The Unis runs out to go for the necklace. Uh, this guy who's apparently his name is Lieutenant West mistakes this for an attack and just shoots him dead. I did wonder like what the soldiers were out in the woods doing just like patrolling. patrolling the- yeah. Because it sounded like they were just like they were planning their own kind of attack anyway. I think they were just patrolling to see if they could find any signs of, like maybe of Unas camps to get a feel for how many there are. I don't know. know. Mm. Uh, So Daniel and Chaka hear the gunfire go running. They reach the clearing at the same time as Edwards. Daniel immediately is able to figure out what's going on and knows that this is bad news. Like the Unas wasn't attacking. It was just going for that necklace. Uh, Edwards tells them not to worry. They're ready for any attack. And Daniel's like, no, you're no, no you're not. Nope. No. Mm-mm. This is when Edwards really gets to be the sci-fi quintessential military idiot that you're just like, stop. Yeah. Just oh my God. Stop talking. You have no stop idea. Thinking. Please, please listen to the guy who actually understands the situation. Yes. Just stopping you. Yeah. <laughs> So back at the like there at the SG camp, Daniel and Tilk are trying to get Edwards to understand that they need to leave right now. And then we hear like you can hear like the Unis growling and yelling like as they're apparently like approaching the camp now. Edwards doesn't believe there are that many Unas because surely they would have been spotted on the aerial scans. And Daniel's like, no, they live in caves underground. This camp is going to be overrun. Mm-hmm. Then. Iron shirt standing up on the ridge overlooking the camp. Chaka hears, turns, growls. Everybody else turns to look and the soldiers take up their weapons. Daniel yells for everybody to hold their fire, but Edward Edwards yells back that if the Unas attack, they will defend themselves. And then a massive horde of Unas fills the entire ridge. Like 
a mile, half a mile at least long of just so many Unas, which is just like four guys in Unas costumes, like duplicated. Because <laughs> computer. I was going to say, that's a guys. lot of makeup. Okay. It's four. So nope, it's just four oh, guys. Man. They have like four Unas costumes. So. That's funny. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, the our, our Stargate guys hopelessly outnumbered. Edwards agrees that a retreat is in order. And Daniel's like, it's too late for that. Yep. So, Iron Shirt then comes down the hill by himself. He's apparently giving them one last chance. Edwards is like, to do what? And Daniel's like, to surrender. And Edwards is like, no, that's not going to be something he's going to do. Daniel just is like pleading with him to not do something stupid. And yeah. Oh man, I heard that too. Yes. So Edwards does kind of like finally like lower his weapon a little bit. Like it's more pointing towards the ground than up. And uh, Iron Shirt approaches Daniel and Chaka. And the one thing here that like Iron Shirt doesn't seem to be able to get past is the death of that one Unis at the hands of Lieutenant West. Like he thought the SGC had like tricked them, like saying they came here for peace while killing them. And he's like, no, 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 no. That was just an accident. That was not, we weren't lying about anything. Uh, but basically in order for this to not end in a full on massacre, they have to kneel and show submissiveness to Iron Shirt and that they truly do mean them no harm. Daniel, Tilk, and Chaka immediately take a knee. Edwards really, really doesn't want to. Daniel's like, please just get down on the ground. All you have to do is kneel and this will all be fine. Just yep. do it, please. Just do it. Yeah. And you see Edwards kind of like look up at the ridge one more time and the so many Unas that are there and kind of seems to maybe finally understand the situation gets down on his knees, the other men all follow, and like, oh, thank God. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Iron Shirt then yells back at the other Unas, and they seem to understand what's going on. Daniel invites Iron Shirt to sit. Daniel takes his lighter out, igniting like a twig, and then presents the lighter to Iron Shirt, like Chaka had done earlier with the knife. Iron Shirt then removes his bone necklace and presents that to Daniel. So... Now they can negotiate. Like, taking off the bone necklace, that's a big deal. That's a big trade, man. Big trade. Yeah. 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 So, and then Edwards asks how long they have to kneel. And Daniel's basically just, it will take as long as it takes. So, settle in. Yep. (laughs) So, cut to sometime later. The negotiations are complete. And the Unas are going to mine the Naquita themselves to help provide the means to kill the Gould. And this was all Iron Shirt's idea, which is like, okay, good. Yeah, That's, right. yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, Ed- Edwards is impressed. And, yeah, Daniel might be a pain in the ass, but Jack was right. He gets the job done. And we see Iron Shirt kind of, like, turn back to Daniel, like, holding up, like, a flaming twig, like, grinning triumphantly, like, ah, and everybody's happy and the day Yay. is saved. The end. I was watching to make sure that the episode, like, was actually coming to a close and not that it was going to end with some idiot shooting another Una. Oh, yes. Having them all just run the fuck out of there. Yeah. No, this one actually, we we won. We actually won. Yay! Everybody won. The Unas won. We won. It's great. Everybody, Everybody wins in this one. Yay. Uh, my final fun fact, this episode won the Leo Award for Best Dramatic Series, or for Dramatic Series Best Makeup, Ooh. which 
I mean, yeah. I would say yes. Yep. Very deserving. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the episode title, Enemy Mine. Uh-huh. So it was named after there's this movie from, is it the 80s, 70s or the 80s? 80s maybe? 85. Yeah. Um, which we actually talked about back during the episode, the first ones. Mm-hmm. So there's this episode, there's this movie called Enemy Mine, which there is a human soldier and like an alien soldier who's kind of quite unas looking in the prosthetic makeup they have him in. They both, you know, they're enemies and both of their ships like crash land on a completely deserted planet and they have to get over their shit and work together in order to survive. Mm-hmm. So, which is, you know, that's what happens here too. You know, enemies mm-hmm. have to get over their shit to work together. But... Like but there's also a mine. There's also a mine, which <laughs> the Italian name of this episode is The Enemy Mine. Oh. They went more for the, it is a, the mine of my enemy. Yes. Okay. Yes. There we go. So I think, I, th- I like that this, I think this episode really does have like double meaning in the episode yeah, title. It's definitely yeah. one where you're like, let me see what you did there. Yeah. I see what you did. Yep. Um, some other fun foreign territory titles in French. This was called the invaders in Spanish. It was called my enemy in Hungarian. It was enemy territory. And in German, it was the Naquita mine, <laughs> which is just Dynaquita mine. That's funny. You know, there's no German word for Naquita. It wasn't Unas negotiations. No. <laughs> Nequita mine. Nequita mine. <laughs> yes. I like invaders because that's yeah. a interpretive like, well, which one? <laughs> yeah. And as Daniel says, we are the invaders. The SGC yeah. are the invaders in this scenario. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay. Final thoughts. What do you think? I like this episode, but I don't know. I always like Unas episodes, which I had the thought today. Maybe I just like Unas episodes because they're usually Daniel episodes. <laughs> Yeah, the Van Daniel. Van Daniel. Love me some Van Daniel. Yep. <laughs> Who knows Van Daniel? Yes. I liked it. I thought it was good. I, I liked that they brought back Chaka, that they kind of have that as a side continuity yeah. story of the Unis. There's a lot more Unis episodes that, that come up than I remember there being. So I kind of yeah. like that, that it's like a, oh, yeah, we haven't had an Unis episode in a while. Let's bring yeah. that back. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Are there any, are there any more Unos episodes, or is this the last one? Like I so think... many other species that we joke about, that it's a really good episode, yeah. and we're like, and we never see or yeah, hear I from think, them again. I think this might be the last Unos episode. Oh, boo. So, yeah, I don't know. It ended on a good note, I think. Mm-hmm. Right. Let me double check something. Um. Do, 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 do. Yeah. No. Yeah. This is this is the last Unas episode. Ah. Well, so. it was a good one. It was a good run. Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well. Um. The the storm is here, so I think I need to go. <laughs> so, okay. Um. Let's wrap this up. Uh. Thank you everybody for listening. As always, you can find us on Threads and Instagram at sg underscore rewatch. And I really need to get better at updating Threads. Sorry. I just. I can auto post to Instagram, but not threads yet. And that's really annoying. And we're also on discord. You can find the link for that in the show notes, or you can send us an email at woo. That's W O O S G rewatch at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us, please. And we will see you next time for space race. Yay. Bye.